Good afternoon. My name is Julianne, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to ServiceNow's third quarter 2021 earnings conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star one again. Thank you. Lisa Banks, Senior Vice President of Finance at ServiceNow, you may begin your conference. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for ServiceNow's third quarter 2021 earnings conference call. Joining me are Bill McDermott, our President and Chief Executive Officer, and Gina Mastantuno, our Chief Financial Officer. During today's call, we will review our third quarter 2021 financial results and discuss our financial guidance for the fourth quarter of 2021 and full year 2021. Before we get started, we want to emphasize that some of the information discussed on this call, such as our guidance, is based on information as of today and contains forward-looking statements that involve risks, uncertainties, and assumptions, including those related to the continued impact of COVID-19 on our business and global economic conditions. We undertake no duty or obligation to update such forward-looking statements as a result of new information or future events. Please refer to today's earnings press release and our SEC filings, including our most recent 10Q and our fiscal year 2020 10K for the factors that may cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth in such forward-looking statements. We'd also like to point out that we present non-GAAP measures in addition to and not as a substitute for financial measures calculated in accordance with GAAP. Unless otherwise noted, all financial measures we will discuss today are non-GAAP except for revenues, remaining performance obligations, or RPO, and current RPO, or CRPO. <clears throat> to see the reconciliation between these non-GAAP and GAAP measures, please refer to today's earnings press release and accompanying investor presentation, which are both posted on our website at investors.servicenow.com. A replay of today's call will also be posted on our website. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to Bill. Thank you very much, Lisa, and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our Q3 earnings call. While a beat and raise headline from ServiceNow is familiar, it is no less extraordinary. Our team delivered another outstanding quarter, yet again, significantly exceeding the high end of our guidance across all metrics. Subscription revenues were up 31% organically. This is unprecedented in our industry. CRPO was up 32%. Subscription billings were up 28%. Operating margin was 26%. We again have raised our guidance for the full year, strengthening our clear path to 15 billion plus in revenue by 2026. I was introduced to ServiceNow's CEO more than two years ago. We've all seen a lot since then. What we've never seen is such consistent innovation and execution at global scale. Thanks to our customers, employees, and partners, we're well on our way to becoming the defining enterprise software company of the 21st century. And we're only getting started. Before Gina gives you a complete report, let's talk about this dramatic structural incline at ServiceNow. The pace of digital investment is accelerating. IDC has consistently sized this opportunity at 7.8 trillion over a four year period. With this massive addressable market, ServiceNow is at the intersection of two generational opportunities. First, 
the need for a new technology foundation is supercharging our close partnership with CIOs. A recent Wall Street Journal report highlighted the role of CIOs as the architects of digital business. Ongoing advances in public cloud and machine learning are forging a new era of software innovation. Technology teams want a fully integrated software cycle, planning, development, deployment, operations, and service. ServiceNow is leading this 20th to 21st century migration for our customers. The Now platform, with its immense versatility and scalability, has become the control tower for digital transformation. The second dimension fueling ServiceNow is the reordering of the enterprise application platforms for hyper-automation. Leaders today recognize their technology architecture is their business architecture. Over several decades, enterprises invested trillions into on-premise and first-generation SaaS applications. These applications satisfy the business process needs of the 20th century. Today, new business models require a fully connected value chain. Legacy environments are not adaptive enough to enable this change. As a pioneer of modern digital workflows, ServiceNow is leading the renaissance. The Now platform connects different applications and data sources to create intuitive mobile experiences, all at a consumer grade. We don't ask businesses to bet everything on a single system or collaboration tool. We give choice, which not only unlocks value from our platform, but from other platform investments as well. ServiceNow also empowers anyone to build applications on our platform. In its low-code development technologies report, Gartner estimates that 70% of new applications developed by 2025 will use low-code or no-code technologies. Gartner also named ServiceNow as a leader in its magic quadrant. These tailwinds are driving fast, organic growth across our entire solutions portfolio. The number of deals greater than a million dollars was 63, up 50% year over year, signaling substantial adoption of our platform strategy. In Q3, IT workflows remained very strong. ITSM was in 18 of our top 20 deals, while IT operations management had 10 deals over a million. For example, the U.S. Internal Revenue Service is in a multi-year digital transformation effort. In Q3, they chose ServiceNow to consolidate 12 complex systems into a single platform to support the agency's mission-critical operations. Demand for our entire IT portfolio is strong. And with the launch of LightStep Incident Response in Q3, we're unlocking a new wave of product-led growth in application monitoring and observability. Employee workflows also had a fantastic quarter with HR in 13 of our top 20 deals. In Q3, NTT Data will leverage the Now platform to create an employee experience portal, enhancing productivity for hybrid work 
and managing vaccine administration for its entire workforce. Momentum continues for customer workflows with CSM in 12 of our top 20 deals and eight deals over a million. Industry vertical solutions are leading the way with major brands. Verizon is adopting our telco solution, American Century, our financial services solution, and Sunbelt Health, our healthcare solution. Creator Workflows, which helps businesses build their own applications, was exceptional in Q3 in 18 of our top 20 deals. We're partnering with Stanley Black & Decker to bring ServiceNow's new manufacturing vertical solution with App Engine to change how they serve their customers. Together, we're maximizing facility uptime and delivering great experiences for distributors, dealers, and end consumers. Fujitsu will also expand its use in a now platform to drive its own digital transformation. We couldn't be prouder that Uber, Honeywell, Telia, and many others all chose ServiceNow in Q3. This is a complete performance for the company. Strong growth across the Americas, EMEA, and Asia-Pacific, Japan. As we look to a strong finish in 2021 and beyond, here are a few of the many factors giving us great confidence in this business. First, while the war for talent is raging out there, we're highly encouraged by the colleagues choosing ServiceNow in record numbers. Our new joiners, together with our amazing global workforce, are building a uniquely inclusive, driven, and happy culture. We're also seeing major developments in our partner ecosystem. Just three weeks ago, we announced a new partnership with Salonis. Salonis will deliver process mining insights. ServiceNow will build better workflows. Our customers will gain from the integrated approach. We also deepened our long-standing partnership with Microsoft. ServiceNow's employee center can now be directly embedded in Microsoft Teams, reaching 250 million monthly users. Together with our expanding partner community, we will reduce complexity to make work better for people. Finally, innovation without disruption is a hallmark of our best-in-class engineering tradition. When we say without disruption, we mean invisible a seamless upgrade experience for our customers. In our now platform Rome release, we delivered countless new features to customers, including mobile app builder, an automation discovery tool, employee journey management, and new customer service playbooks. Every business leader in the world is looking at the future of work. These new features give the now platform even more capability to build that hybrid future. I'll defer to a comment made by industry analyst Josh Burson, who said, our Rome platform release. This company seems to be able to build and deploy enterprise software faster than almost any I've ever seen, and that's why they're a juggernaut, end quote. Josh, naturally, I agree. In closing, the company is firing on all cylinders. The quarter speaks for itself. We beat again, we raised again. The secular tailwinds are at our back. Our customer base is expanding just as our customer NPS is increasing. Our partner ecosystem is fired up. We accelerated our timeline to be net zero. 
We help businesses drive their own ESG initiatives on our platform with a major release. The list goes on and on. Overall, our message to the market couldn't be any clearer. Whatever systems, challenges, or opportunities you have, however fast you need to move, you have a trusted innovator in ServiceNow. We want to make the world work better for everyone, and we'll never lose our focus on the privilege that comes with saying the world works with ServiceNow. I look forward to your questions. Gina, over to you. Thank you, Bill. Q3 was another fantastic quarter with continued outperformance across all of our growth and profitability guidance metrics. Demand was strong globally across all three of our geos. The consistency of our results quarter after quarter exemplifies the strength of our product portfolio and the team's focus on building deep customer relationships. Q3 subscription revenues were $1.43 billion, $22 million above the high end of our guidance range and growing 31% year-over-year, inclusive of 100 basis points tailwind from FX. RPO ended the quarter at approximately $9.7 billion, representing 34% year-over-year growth. Current RPO was approximately $5 billion, representing 32% year-over-year growth and a two-point beat versus our guidance. Currency did not have an impact on year-over-year growth. Q3 subscription billings were $1.38 billion, representing 28% year-over-year growth and a $55 million beat versus the high end of our guidance. FX and duration were 150 basis points tailwind year over year. We saw broad-based strength across the industries we serve, with transportation and logistics and business services seeing particularly robust net new ACV growth. Our renewal rate was a healthy 98% in Q3, a testament to the value ServiceNow delivers to our customers. We view our relationships with customers as long-term partnerships, and we continually innovate to provide new solutions to address their evolving business needs. That land and expand motion has manifested into a base of 1,266 customers, paying us over 1 million in ACV of 25% year over year. As the breadth of our portfolio and the addressable opportunities have expanded, so too have our deal sizes. We closed 63 deals greater than 1 million net new ACV in the quarter, up over 50% year over year. And in Q3, all of our top 20 deals included four or more products. Turning to profitability, operating margin was 26%, three points above our guidance, primarily driven by the strong revenue beat. We also saw savings from the delay in return to work and lower travel. Our free cash flow margin was 15%. Together, these results show the power of our business model and our ability to drive a balance of growth and profitability. We're delivering great experiences that drive powerful employee engagement, fierce customer loyalty, and significant productivity gains. By delivering more intelligent automation that provides even better experiences, we are well positioned as the workflow standard on our journey to becoming a $15 billion plus revenue company. Turning to guidance. We're raising our guidance for the full year. We're raising our subscription revenues outlook by 32 million at the midpoint to a range of 5.565 billion to 5.57 billion, 
representing 30% year-over-year growth, including 200 basis points of FX tailwind. We are raising our subscription billings outlook by 61 million at the midpoint to a range of 6.379 billion to 6.384 billion, representing 28% year-over-year growth. Excluding the early customer payments in 2020, our normalized subscription billings growth outlook would be 32% year-over-year at the midpoint. Growth includes net tailwind from FX and duration of 200 basis points. We continue to expect 2021 subscription growth margin of 85%, and we're raising our full year 2021 operating margin from 24.5% to 25%. This reflects the increase in our top line growth and savings from the delay in return to work and lower travel. We're also raising our full year 2021 free cash flow margin by 50 basis points from 31% to 31.5%. And we expect diluted weighted average outstanding shares of 202 million. For Q4, we expect subscription revenues between 1.515 billion and 1.52 billion, representing 28% year-over-year growth, including a negligible impact from FX. We expect CRPO growth of 27% year-over-year. This includes a 150 basis point FX headwind due to sharp movements recently in the euro and pound. On a constant currency basis, we expect CRPO growth to be 28.5%. We expect subscription billing between 2.305 billion and 2.31 billion, representing 26% year-over-year growth. Excluding the early customer payments in Q4 2020, our normalized subscription billings growth outlook would be 32% year-over-year at the midpoint. Growth includes a net headwind from FX and duration of 50 basis points. We expect an operating margin of 22%, which includes accelerated demand generation spend in the quarter to set us up for a strong start in 2022. And we expect 203 million diluted weighted outstanding shares for the quarter. In summary, the pace of digital investment is accelerating and ServiceNow is rising up to seize the opportunities before us. The team has never been more engaged and focused on serving the enormous needs of our customers. And as ServiceNow becomes the defining enterprise software company of the 21st century, we are also remaining steadfast in our goal to create positive impact in the world. I'm happy to announce that in September, we committed to reaching our net zero emissions goal by 2030 two decades earlier than our previous goal. We've never been prouder of our employees and their continued focus on serving our customers, partners, and communities, as we make not only work work better, but the world work better too. Our hungry and humble culture is stronger than ever. We can't thank our employees enough for their hard work and dedication. And with that, I'll open it up for Q&A. Thank you. If you'd like to ask a question at this time, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Management asks that you please limit yourself to one question and one follow-up. Thank you. Your first question will come from Cash Rangan from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi. Thank you very much, Bill and Gina. Outstanding, outstanding quarter. Uh, Bill, I wanted to just get your high-level thoughts coming as we did uh, after a spectacular quarter and listening to uh, your compadre Satya Nadella on his call yesterday. 
talked about tech as a percent of percentage of global GDP going from five to ten percent. I think he said that before, which leaves us with the inescapable conclusion that that tech density, enterprise tech density, is just going higher. It's not the world from ten years back. There were a couple of ERP systems, and that's it. Now it's thousands and thousands of SaaS applications and whatnot. So where does that leave ServiceNow in terms of uh, business prospects for spreading horizontally, vertically with your ITOM, ITSM, and, and the workflow engine, obviously, given that enterprise tech density is just set to go from higher to even higher high, higher levels. And once again, Gina, when we look at this year, this year has been fast, fascinating. Net new business has been accelerating for a few quarters. I know that you've not given us thoughts on 22 yet, but how do you feel uh, uh, qualitatively stepping into 2022 with a renewal base that looks very solid, your net new business trends are getting better. Uh, curious to get your thoughts. Thank you so much. Okay, Ash, thank you very much for your kind remarks. Um, you called uh, the progress of our share price early on in the year. Congratulations to you, you had it nailed. A um, Couple of things, Cash. If you look at the geographies around the world, every single geography not only um, beat expectations, but they actually beat their internal plan handily. So every geography is expanding with ServiceNow at a record clip. If you look at our expansion in industry, uh, we saw growth across all of our industry categories this quarter. It's amazing. Industries that were COVID impacted like transportation, logistics, business services, telecom, media, technology, financial services, government education, every single one of them was an unbelievable success story this quarter. And we have expanded dramatically in manufacturing, healthcare, life sciences, telecommunications, and banking, um, just to name a few. So think geo, think industry. Also think persona. This employee workflow business of ours is unstoppable because the employee experience is unstoppable, especially in a labor market that requires talent. And as you pointed out, Satya's remarks are absolutely right. The GDP growth in tech is inescapable because it's the only way out in a hybrid world to manage a competitive company, especially when you're competing for talent and you have to give them a great experience, example, onboarding experience, connecting all of their training tools, really making them a part of the culture when they might not even be in your buildings. Customer workflows, you know, we announced a partnership with Twilio, you know, dealing with WhatsApp and various messaging uh, techniques because all the old school ways are going away quickly. So with our CSM, our employee workflows, the experiences we're giving to people, it's just unreal. And don't forget the creator workflows, 500 million net new applications will be developed in the next two plus years. And that'll be developed for companies, by companies in their own technology departments. And there's not enough engineers to do that in the world. So the now platform is a growth sensation. All of these forces are coming together at once, and that is why I could not be more confident in the bullish stance on ServiceNow, not just in the short term. We run our business with clear messaging, clear facts. We can see the pipeline way into 2022, and in some cases beyond. It is a, a fantastic situation right now, Cash. And Cash, on your question with respect to, to 22, um, obviously, it's a bit early to talk guidance, but you are 100% correct, right? Our renewal base is very strong. We've seen very strong net new ACV acceleration throughout the year, as I've been talking about. And so we feel really bullish on the opportunities ahead of us in 22. 
Um, the one thing that I would note is that FX has turned against us a little bit um, as we head into 22. And so I'm sure you would have all seen, uh, especially with respect to the euro, the dollar increasing. And so we have a bit of a headwind on FX as we look into 22, but feel really good about the underlying health of the business, our renewals, our net new ACV. Um, and so we're, we're, we're poised to, uh, to have a strong uh, 2022. Very gratifying. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cash. Your next question comes from Carl Kirstead from UBS. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Oh, thank you. Hey, Gina, three months ago on the 2Q call, you, you prepped us in terms of the back half seasonality into thinking 3Q would be a little bit sub-seasonal, 4Q stronger as you were seeing that deal skew. In fact, you put up numbers where the uh, 3Q actual and the, the 4Q billings guide of 26% are, are roughly even. So I'm just curious whether since you made that call, um, that, uh, that seasonality 3Q, 4Q has changed and whether it played out in the way that you expected. Thank you. Thanks for the question. I, I really appreciate it. Listen, I think we are really proud of the Q3 beat that we saw. Um, Bill talked about all geos operating uh, and, and on all cylinders, and that's across the geographies, across all of the product portfolios. And so we were really pleased with the, with the beat that we saw in Q3. Um, we absolutely continue to see more business back half weighted to Q4. That is going to be a trend that we can that, that, that we continue to see. Um, when you look at our Q4 results and our Q4 guide, you have to remember last year Q4, we had that 80 million of early payments that were brought forward that really um, that really drove a higher growth number in Q4. And if you normalize that, it's why I called out pretty pretty transparently in the script. If you normalize for that, we're seeing 32% growth in Q4 billing. And so a really strong guide given our scale and our base. Got it, that's clear. Thanks, Gina. Great, thank you. Your next question comes from Kirk Matern from Evercore ISI. Please go ahead, your line is open. Yeah, thanks very much and congrats on the quarter. Uh, Bill, can you just talk a little bit about the federal business this quarter and sort of the opportunities for that? Um, you know, going into the fourth quarter, maybe next year. And then, Gina, just one follow-up to Carl's question on the fourth quarter guide. Uh, I realize that seasonality is getting more compounded. There's a lot of co-term activity that goes on around the fourth quarter. I, I guess people are wondering why maybe the, the guidance wasn't upsized a little bit relative to, you know, where it was implied going into it. So I was just kind of curious. I realize there's a lot of permutations that go into the fourth quarter, just given the size of it. But, but was there anything else that, you know, maybe making you be a little bit more conservative just in terms of visibility and to add on deals and things like that? Thanks. Kirk, thank you very much for your question. Uh, we had a very, very strong federal quarter, uh, 15 deals over a million, uh, 14 federal agencies are now paying us more than 10 million. Uh, key strategic wins included the IRS, which I talked about already, uh, but it's certainly not limited to that. It's pretty amazing how the government is rethinking strategies in terms of communication and providing services digitally to the citizens, which is incredible because, as you know, that's all about the user experience and it's a workflow challenge. Uh, for example, look at how difficult it was for the government to get money out to small businesses during COVID. Um, there are also some big opportunities 
with new um, initiatives in the administration, including resiliency, uh, business continuity, outages, terrorism, COVID, uh, cybersecurity on top of many lists. Uh, the White House actually put out an executive order on improving the nation's cybersecurity after recent ransom attacks. So that's all workflow related, leveraging existing systems that don't talk to each other very well. You're certainly not going to rip and replace them, right? So that's where the now platform comes in. And then just think about vaccine management. It remains one of the greatest workflow challenges the government faces. And boosters now will likely need to be readministered on a regular basis. This, again, is a workflow challenge to uh, distribute, administer, and monitor vaccines. So we're in the mix on all of that. And what we're seeing is the connection of federal, state, and cities that are all implementing the NOW platform to engage with citizens. So they're using products like customer service management to help digitize these workflows that can no longer be processed in person because the offices are still closed due to the pandemic. So overall, take this as a strong, aggressive, bullish, confident reply that the public sector is embracing the NOW platform as its transformational opportunity at federal, state, local, university, and all public entities that are quickly embracing us because our net promoter score is so high and at word of mouth, they're saying this is the way to go, go now. And um, Samad, on your, on your follow-up question with respect to Q4, and so I talked a bit about the normalized billings, right? So that's 32% for Q4. Um, we actually have a 50 basis points FX headwind in Q4 of this year versus we had a 150 basis points tailwind in Q3. So we really are moving uh, in the right direction. What I would also call out is last year Q4 saw tremendous growth even when you normalize for those 80 million in, um, in collections. And so we are basically at 32% growth in Q4 this year normalized on top of a 32% growth last year. So strong growth upon strong growth. I will say also that not only did we raise the guide for Q4 by our Q3B, but we increased it by another 13 million in billing. We are seeing headwinds in Q4 for FX, but excluding that constant currency, constant duration growth is really strong. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Brad Sills from Bank of America Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Oh, great. Uh, thanks, guys, for taking my question here. Um, wanted to ask about the Salonis partnership. It seems interesting, uh, natural interplay with some of the AI uh, you know, features in the enterprise editions. Where do you see that partnership providing the biggest boost when you look across the stack at, at ServiceNow? Yeah, uh, Brett, thank you very much. I mean, the, the quick answer, right, is the creator uh, workflow platform. Um, but what, what you're seeing out there is many businesses really have not maximized the value of their digital investments because they lack insight into the inefficiency of their processes. And that's what's holding back their business operations. So if you wanna move the needle, organizations are gonna to need to understand how work gets done across people, processes, and systems. So what's happening here is ServiceNow and Salonis will help customer map those elements in real time and then build digital workflows to more efficiently automate work. So we're gonna create a seamless product experience for customers that's gonna make it easy and simple for them 
to get insight into their processes across multiple enterprise systems, you'll be able to use Salonis's EMS platform and convert that insight, the X-ray, into action, automation, and remediation on the ServiceNow workflow platform. So think about bringing together process mining, automation, machine learning, um, RPA, and low-code app development into a seamless combined product experience that customers will be enabled to quickly and continuously improve the flow of work. So shorter answer is the creative workflow platform, but what's happening is Salonis gets the x-ray, especially in the non-ServiceNow um, environments, and then we use all the power to build the solution to solve for the business challenges. So I believe that hyper-automation is a key differentiator, and because we have this one platform that does it all, now with Salonis, we get process mining in the non-ServiceNow environments. We bring everything together so customers can completely rethink their business model. Example, I gave in the script to Stanley Blacker. You know, they're based, Stanley Black and Decker, they're combining their new manufacturing um, vertical solution with the app engine to build over 70 custom applications. This is all being done on the now low-code application platform. And uh, Fujitsu also is an example where they're using App Engine to drive digital transformation and sustainability across the company, uh, moving the green line, not just the top and bottom line. That's great to hear, Bill. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you very much for the question. Appreciate it, Brad. Your next question comes from Tamad Samana from Jeffries. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi. Uh, good evening. Thanks for taking my questions. Congrats on, on the great quarter. Bill, maybe one for you. You've talked a lot about hiring and, and continuing to sustain growth. I, I noticed as I look at hiring in your professional services department, you, you've already added more people in 2021 than you did, I think, in the last two years combined. And I'm just curious, should we see that as a leading indicator of projects that are firing up or, or service not taking a more active role in helping their own customers implement uh, new deals? Just how should we think about that? You should think of ServiceNow as a growth company, as a company that is firing on all cylinders, and as a company that is attracting the best talent in the industry. And that's really a, a sustaining part of our success. You know, I'll give you an example. You take somebody like Erica Bellini, who joined from Deloitte. She had a fantastic career at Deloitte, and she wanted to come in and help us transform the service experience for our customers. We're collapsing the pre- and post-sale conversation. Everything here is about business impact, and we're rethinking the whole services model. That's why our customer satisfaction and our net promoter score is soaring, not just our retention. We're focused on the in-process measures. That's why John Sigler came to us after a great career at Apple, Microsoft, and Salesforce and said he believed that the Now platform was the future of business. And what we have been able to do is hire thousands of people, even in a pandemic, because the NOW platform enables us to create these seamless hiring, onboarding, immediately skilling people up to our culture and their training needs, and then managing that culture. And the word gets out there quickly. We are literally harder to get into than Stanford statistically, even as you see thousands joining. So we are not opportunity constrained. And that's what I've been saying the whole time. 
Why are we organically growing? Why are we committed to our engineering? Why are we fiercely committed to our market leadership? Because we can be. This is the platform of this generation, and we're investing primarily in great engineers and great go-to-market, especially quota-bearing, where we can deliver for our shareholders, our customers, and our partners. The other thing I want to underscore is we have really expanded the ecosystem. So as you even see us hiring thousands just to get around this now platform and get their piece of the action in geos, in industries, and personas, this is a growth story. Bill, not only do we see it as a growth story, but one of the best growth stories. So maybe Gina, oh, just a quick, <laughs> Gina, just a quick follow-up for you, if I can squeeze it in. Just as I think about, you know, some of the new customers signed in 4Q of last year, it, there was still a lot of uncertainty in the market. Are you seeing those customers expand at a higher rate or, or maybe being easier to upsell as you get, as you lack the cohorts, maybe that were signed up late last year as new ads, just as we get more certainty and, and looks to be a stronger macro environment. Yeah, I mean we're we're really pleased with our new logos, both from Q4 of last year and throughout 2021. Um, we're seeing uh, strong growth even in Q3 with six new customers greater than a million dollars, and they're across industries just in Q3 alone. That's banking, retail manufacturing and energy, just to name a few. And we're absolutely seeing our deal sizes grow, right? New customers, average deal size grow quarter on quarter and year on year. Um, and we're seeing healthy growth abroad in EMEA and APJ as well. And so um, we're really focused on evolving our land to the right new customers. And uh, IT continues to be a high percentage of those new logos, and we're seeing, but we're actually seeing a much higher percentage also of lands occurring with CSM, App Engine, and our expansion rate is doing very well um, and just really firing on all cylinders across all, all three of our geographies. Great. Thank you for taking my questions. Of course. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, thank you for taking the question. Um, Gina, a question for you. Um, just trying to kind of understand um, the kind of various describing in terms of billings growth. It sounds like it's accelerating into Q4. And granted, there's a lot of normalizations in here, and I think this is where the answer is to get to that 32% normalized billings growth in, in, in Q, the 28.5 on a constant currency basis. Are there any kind of factors that we should be aware of in terms of um, uh, um, adjustments or sort of changing contract dynamics that would cause that question. And so um, rightfully so, you, you, you took into account the FX is, imp is impacting our CPR, uh, our CRPO. Um, most of the remaining CRPO growth acceleration is actually due to seasonality within our renewal cohort. And so our typical customer contract terms, as you know, is around 36 months on average. And we have a large cohort coming up for renewal of this year, right? Which because it won't include the future renewals until they right. renew within 2022, and so that deceleration is really what's driving that. Um, that that it's the seasonality of the cohorts that's driving that 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 deceleration. And once that cohort renews in 2022, and with 98% renewal rates across the board, right? We feel really good and strong about our renewal base. Um, that will have a stabilizing impact to CRPO growth in 2022. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. Thanks. Open. Hey, thanks so much, guys, and congratulations again. Um, 
Bill, maybe just the the first one for you uh, around your. I know you beat this uh, beat this drum uh, quite a bit for the first three quarters, uh, but I want to ask it again. As we look to 2022, your approach towards um, and thinking about organic versus inorganic growth. Obviously, the organic growth and the profile of the company has been, um, you know, second to none uh, to date. How are you thinking about the road to 15 plus as you sit here today uh, within that construct? Now, quick follow-up, Regina. Alex, it's a great question. I could not be, could not possibly be more confident in our ability to achieve the 15 billion plus on an organic basis by 2026, which is exactly what I said at the investor day. And I also underscore the fact that we recognize that our balance sheet is extremely strong and will be even stronger as we move into the future. And we continue to source, look at, consider all options that would benefit shareholder value creation without ever passing on any tech debt to customers as many others have done. So just know that everything is always on the table, but at this time there are no substantial acquisitions on the table, not a single one, and we could not be more confident in our organic growth. In fact, that's where we're looking at our investments and we're prioritizing them because we're Certainly not opportunity constrained, Alex. The company is in fantastic shape. That's awesome. And, and Gina, maybe one for you. We've talked a lot about growth and confidence and growth, both uh, into Q4 and, and even beyond. I wanted to ask you a question about margins. Uh, some of your peers have talked about, you know, models coming out of the pandemic that are more efficient, learnings that maybe not every salesperson has to get on a plane and, and, and there's more productivity to be had. While others have talked about investing, you know, more more aggressively for growth and, and doubling down and seeing some of the tailwinds from the pandemic savings, uh, you know, potentially revert next year. Where does ServiceNow fit in uh, from a margin conversation standpoint as we start to think about a, you know, a, a more normalizing environment, hopefully? Absolutely. It's a great question. Thank you so much, Alex. So, certainly uh, will absolutely have lasting effects on our overall efficiency. Um, but I've been pretty transparent throughout the year that it does give us the ability and the agility to redeploy savings elsewhere, right? Bill just talked about organic growth, right? We are at an inflection point where we have no lack of opportunity, and we are first and foremost a growth company, and we will absolutely invest behind that. That being said, at our Financial Analyst Day in May, I talked about um, committing to 26.5% margins by 2024. We absolutely remain committed to that and on that trajectory, but I don't think that that increase is going to be linear, right? As we think about offices reopening and travel becoming more consistent, I believe that it's going to be a linear path to 26.5%. Um, I'm not actually in a position at this point to guide to 2022, but we are 100% committed to over that three-year period getting to 26.5 because we absolutely believe that we'll have savings that we'll be able to um, take from these learnings and efficiencies from, from the pandemic and redeploy them on growth opportunities that we see. Yeah, thanks for taking my question. Uh, I, I noticed that the million-dollar customers were were up pretty nicely uh, year over year here in Q3. Uh, was, was wondering kind of the, the drivers of that. Was there some one-offs, and and should we expect that type of strength in in kind of million-dollar customer ads uh, heading into uh, your seasonally strongest quarter? 
Yes, you should expect it to continue, Tyler. The reality is we've become a platform company. You know, I, I came in a, a couple of years ago now, and we've really seen the transformation of the company to full-scale enterprise software company. And uh, we took the strength that we had in IT, and we have made it really our hallmark because it's very clear now in this world, as the world is dealing with digital transformation, everybody understands that the technology architecture is the business architecture. And that has given us enormous responsibility, but also permission to expand the perimeter into the employee experience, into customer service management, including direct-to-consumer, field service management, this create-a-workflow business, which is just an absolute sensation, ties together so many of these just disjointed processes, systems, and silos and enterprises today, and really puts together an enterprise software market-leading approach from ServiceNow. So think of us as an enterprise player on a platform that is unstoppable. Great. And, and Bill, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, transportation and logistics were particularly strong on net new ACV. And we're just curious kind of on the angle of <clears throat> supply chain constraints that a lot of industries are, are facing. Are you finding that that's kind of a catalyst for, um, you know, conversation around, um, you know, digitizing and the balance of that versus, you know, potential, um, you know, challenges, closing deals, uh, just given the supply chain constraints? Thanks. Yeah, actually, uh, it's a great question, Tyler, because I know in some industries they talk about the supply chain dilemma and, uh, you know, boats off the port with a lot of things in them. But this is actually an opportunity for us because what's happening now is companies have to reorient their business models. They have to think about their extended supply chain. They have to rewire who their partners are actually going to be and who they're not going to be, how they're going to source things from different places in the world that they've never even worked with before. And this is all going to create the extended supply chain opportunity for the now platform. Uh, you might have noticed, for example, company in uh, Denmark, because we are in so many different ERP-related conversations where we're helping our great ERP friends. Instead of doing mass customization through consultants that would take years and years, with the now platform, you can do it in days. So this is creating a groundswell of opportunity on the ERP level, on the supply chain level, on the finance level, on the procurement level. It's just unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen an opportunity like this in my entire career. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Your next question comes from Sterling Audi from JP Morgan. Please go ahead, your line is open. Yeah, thanks, hi guys. Just one question from my side. Uh, Bill, I just wonder if you can give us an update case, and then separately, when you look at um, the observability uh, process or, or progress that you're making, if you could just give us an update on kind of where you stand in, in kind of moving into that market segment. Yes, thank you very much, Sterling. I really appreciate it. So uh, let me start with Lightstep, first of all, because I want to give a big shout out to Ben and his great team. We love Ben. We love his team. And they're just going to be a sensation here. Uh, we are continually impressed by the depth of engineering talent at LifeStep and the observability solution. We're still in the upsells from existing customers, and we're seeing that as a testament to how they value LifeStep's product. 
and it's already delivering to organizations. It's currently being sold on a standalone bit solidly with ServiceNow at an enterprise level in 2022. We're also doing some product direct sales with the LightStep product in the internet channel. And I think that is also uh, a potential elixir that uh, markets may not be expecting from ServiceNow. It's kind of a, a new play in the playbook and we're pretty excited about it. On uh, CSM, I'm really excited about our leadership in CSM. Um, we have a fantastic leader in CSM with uh, industry-renowned experience, and we're winning in verticals everywhere, whether it's financial services, telecom, healthcare, and life sciences. It's pretty incredible. What you're seeing here, and I actually went through this business review yesterday as well, you're seeing CSM completely rethink direct-to-consumer, you're rethinking customer service management, and you're thinking about messaging, you're thinking about what they need really swift solutions for the customer experience. Think about field service management. Think about the connected experience for the ultimate consumer. Yes, other CRM companies have done a very good job on the engagement layer. Unfortunately, the customer experience doesn't end with the engagement layer. It begins with the engagement layer. So the operations layer of the company and the back office IT capability of the company has to be tethered to that engagement layer, which is giving us net new opportunities, including IoT opportunities with field service and fleets of products, fleets of trucks, fleets of cars, EV marketplaces that we've never seen the likes of. And then you combine that with the creator workflow, where it's kind of like, hey, I can have it my way. You mean I can customize that? Yeah. And guess what? When you do the upgrade with ServiceNow, you don't have to get the consulting team in to rethink the whole implementation. With us, it's invisible. It's like driving a Tesla. You press a button, the next day you have a new Tesla. That's what ServiceNow is doing. Incredible innovation. That sounds good. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. Melen Chow from Barclays. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, thanks. Uh, congrats from me as well. Um, Bill, uh, you now are in new areas with RPA and observability, um, uh, you know, from the acquisitions a few months ago. What has been the customer feedback? And then since you announced Salonis as well, how do you kind of draw the line between partnership versus doing yourself and, and how is that playing out so far? Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Raymo. Again, as I said, ServiceNow's platform has process mining. We have RPA, we have machine learning, we have AI ops, we have all the predictive. But there are non-ServiceNow environments, especially if you think about large-scale ERP environments as just one example, where business processes are fragmented, there are multiple instances of multiple participants, and the customer really needs an x-ray. You know, what's going on around here? And we combine that knowledge of all the non-ServiceNow environments that require process mining X-ray with what we do ourselves to get a force multiplier effect. And as a result, Salonis is a, there's no doubt, the gold standard for workflow automating, the gold standard. We partner with you. We move the X-ray into the action layer, and together we offer the customer something they never got before, a great X-ray and an unbelievable immediate value to action process on the now platform. And I really think this is a perfect example of trust being the ultimate human currency. I would have never done the partnership with Alex and Bad, one of my great friends um, in the world, um, knows how much I love Germany as a second home. 
So it's really fun to work with them. They all went to the Technical University of Munich, by the way, where I have great relationships. And just think about all the customers in Germany that are going to hear this news that are going to be like, wow, I'm trying to modernize my architecture. Can you give me an X-ray? And then you can move all the innovation onto an action layer. And then I can start to drive business outcomes in days, weeks, and months, as opposed to multiple years I think I signed now. Super. Thank you. Thank you very much, Raymond. Markets, please go ahead. Your line is open. Great. Uh, congrats for me as well, guys. Um, I guess whether it could be for either Bill or Gina, um, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the, I guess what, what is ServiceNow's philosophy on, on the future of work? And I guess, Bill, I'm wondering, you know, as reps, sales reps get out on the road and, and there's more in-person conferences, uh, industry conferences, and do you suspect do you suspect that that could help uh, improve pipelines even further than, than more of a remote uh, selling process? Yeah, Matt, there's no doubt it's all upside, right? Because what you're seeing now is um, the great news is CEOs, management teams, and leaders of all kinds and companies, both in the public and the private sector, have accepted this new way because you don't have the clunkiness and the clumsiness of the heavy travel to get something done in a, a, a few minutes as opposed to a few weeks especially in a global company, is a blessing. However, there is nothing that will ever replace humans being in the same room, ideating, collaborating, dreaming, thinking about the next frontier. And that's why we're doing now in the playbook with the direct motions, and we're going to leverage the hybrid world both for ourselves, our customers, and our partners. So I actually think the tailwind will be underestimated by everybody on the call today. Great, super helpful. Looking forward to that as we as we look to 2022. Congrats, guys. Thank you very Thank much, you. Matt. And we have time for one last question. It'll come from Arjun Batia from William Blair. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Perfect. Um, thank you. And, and all about uh, companies consolidating or customers consolidating legacy systems on ServiceNow. I'm curious whether you're starting to get to the point where within the, the systems that you're replacing, we're starting to see some maybe more modern SaaS applications that are that are being removed and folded into the now deployment as, as well. Or are we still at this phase where there's still so much work to be done on legacy on-prem systems that you're not seeing those modern applications uh, kind of fold into your platform? Yeah, I, it's a really good question, Arjun. What I'm seeing is there's still a massive set of customers out there with legacy. And what you're also seeing, and Gina, as an example, is our internal champion on ESG. She works beautifully with the engineering team in the world. But what's amazing is there's all these islands of automation. Everybody's doing something good that's a modern system or a modern product or a modern tool. That's fine. Architecture, where there is security, there's enterprise coherence, there's business operations, there's one end-to-end -end process that includes all the people, all the products. And it's especially true in the world of 20th century architectures because even if you move them to a cloud, just think about the cost, the time, the risk, and the companies that are dealing with do or die moments today, they just don't want to wait. So to have an action platform that can absolutely simulate the perfect enterprise at record speed, and I might add, with a gorgeous consumer-grade UX, is a sensational business case. 
And that's why you're seeing the deals get bigger. You've seen us go into a platform company model, and you now see that ServiceNow is a clear sensation. It's because we're giving the customer what, we want, what they want. And what I also learned, and I think it's an important attribute of our engineering leaders, um, we always say here at ServiceNow that our strategy is informed by our customer's strategy and deeply understanding their issues and their opportunities. And we're so quick to be able to innovate and get new releases out to market at excellent quality. And then even the ones that we didn't get out in the release can be handled by the creator now called NowX, where we have a series of on-deck organic innovations that are going to hit the market and take it by storm. I had an earlier question on supply chain. That's one of the major areas where we're focused on. So there's such an opportunity with legacy. There's still such an opportunity to unify these enterprises on common platforms. There's such an opportunity for hyper automation to automate what people thought they already automated that I just can't see any constraint to the growth agenda of ServiceNow. Perfect, thank you very much. Thank you very much, appreciate it. We are out of time for questions today. This will conclude today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now.